Our gospel for today is from Luke, the first chapter. After those days, Zechariah's wife Elizabeth conceived, and for five months she remained in seclusion. She said, this is what the Lord has done for me when he looked favorably on me and took away the disgrace I have endured among my people. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent to God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and you and the Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her who is said to be barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Grace to you and peace from God, our Creator, and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. This morning, I would like to invite you to take a moment and think back over your life. You can call to mind some of the struggles that you faced, but make sure you also think about the joys that you've experienced. Perhaps a wedding, the birth of a child, an experience traveling, celebrating a milestone. Think about the people that you shared those experiences with. Now try to imagine those experiences without those people, if you can even do that. I don't know about you, but those experiences that come to mind for me, particularly the joyful ones, are memorable and powerful because of the people I either experienced them with 
or shared that experience with. When I experienced struggles, I was only able to overcome them and find joy again because of the people I shared those struggles with. And my joyful experiences were joyful because of who I was with or who I shared them with. Reverend Celia Armstrong posits, is it even possible to be joy-filled by yourself? Sure, there are things we can do that will bring us joy, but what external joy is possible without others to acknowledge it? Could it be that internal joy can only be actualized in external connections? Shared joy is one way that a weary world rejoices. Similar to the old riddle, if a tree falls in the woods and there's no one there to hear it, does it really make a sound? Reverend Armstrong brings to light an interesting thought. If something wonderful and joyous happens in your life and you can't share it with anyone, can you truly experience joy? Can you even fully understand what is happening and the full impact that that has on your life and the lives of those around you without sharing those experiences with others? These questions are especially appropriate when thinking about our gospel reading for today, which is a well-known one to many. So often, when people read this passage, they tend to focus on Mary's experience. They tend to glamorize Mary's experience of receiving the good news of conceiving a child, believing it to be this wonderful, joyous experience of a visit from an angel to which she responds with humble faithfulness to God's word, believing all that has happened, running to share the joy with her relative Elizabeth, who praises her faithfulness, leading her to sing this beautiful song that we now call the Magnificat the song that we just sang a few moments ago and have been singing throughout Advent as our gospel acclamation. Now, while that's a very nice image, what 13-year-old girl would actually do that? Today, if a teenage girl, and we're talking about a seventh grader here, just to give you some perspective, was visited by an angel, it would most likely not be a calm, wonderful experience. It would be a frightening and anxiety-producing one. There's a reason that the first thing angels have to tell people when they visit them throughout Scripture is, do not be afraid, right? In addition, if someone in Mary's Jewish community found out that Mary was pregnant out of wedlock, at that time she could be stoned or even burnt, since that was what the law of the time commanded. So trust me when I say this would not be a wonderful, exciting, or joyful experience for Mary, which is probably the real reason that Mary ran to her relative Elizabeth in the first place, because she's the other person who has experienced a miraculous conception, according to the angel. She will understand This will be a safe place where Mary can get advice, can talk about all the things that are going on, can share this experience with someone and figure out what to do. So since this story of Mary's experience, as well as the Magnificat, only shows up in the Gospel of Luke, 
I hate to say it, but I'd be willing to bet this scene was imagined by someone who didn't have kids or at least didn't have a teenage daughter. I'm sorry if I ruin this story for you, but as a mother, a female pastor, and someone who also teaches 7th and 8th grade confirmation, I have a little bit of experience in this area. However, despite the reality dose that I just threw at you, there is still a strong, powerful, and good message that can be gleaned from this passage, one that is found throughout Scripture. And that is the ways in which sharing our joys and experiences with others can bring joy and understanding, even when we can't make sense of what is going on in the moment. And this is certainly shown through the relationship and connection that God gives to Mary and Elizabeth. If you remember, our gospel story for today actually started with Elizabeth's story. She, similar to Abraham's wife Sarah in the Old Testament, conceived in her old age and went into seclusion for five months, and it said that she was grateful that the shame of being barren was taken away, shame that would have been placed upon any barren woman by the culture of that day. Again, today, if you were to ask a woman in their 90s what they would think about becoming pregnant, Grateful would probably not be the word that they would use to describe this experience. But continuing on with Elizabeth's story. Immediately before this, we hear Zechariah's experience of his encounter with an angel. And if you remember from last week, after Zechariah learns that his wife Elizabeth will have a child, he becomes mute, unable to speak. So Zechariah couldn't even run home and tell his wife the news himself. We don't even know exactly how she was told. And then, as I mentioned, she went into seclusion for five months, a practice that was not common, so no one knows exactly why she did this. Maybe it was to protect herself and Zechariah from slander or accusations that she had become pregnant by another man. Or maybe it was just because she was older and wanted to protect the baby and the pregnancy that she had waited so long for. Who knows? But regardless of why, with a mute husband, it would have been a very lonely, isolated five months for her. What was their joy like if they couldn't even talk about it? Loneliness and isolation is certainly something we can all relate to, having lived through COVID-19. And thank goodness we had technology to help us stay connected with one another. Elizabeth and Zechariah couldn't even text each other from across the room. And actually, they probably couldn't write messages to each other either, as most women were either not allowed or not able to become educated. And so they wouldn't have been able to learn how to read and write. So when Mary arrives at Elizabeth's home, after she had been isolated for so long, what a joy it would have been for both Mary and Elizabeth to have someone to talk to about everything, to be able to share their experiences with one another, to cry and laugh and talk about everything that was happening to both of them. They both needed each other. And I believe that it was in that connection that they were finally able to experience joy. People of God, 
The message I bring to you today is take time to share your story with others, as well as listen to the stories and experiences of others. It's easy to want to keep things to ourselves, both the good and the bad. Our culture today tells us that sharing our concerns and struggles make us weak or annoying or petty when comparing your struggles to the struggles of others. Have any of you ever heard or seen the expression, oh, I'm playing a sad small violin for you? No, God cares about your struggles. No matter how large or small, God cares, and other people should too. And on the flip side, culture also suggests that sharing good news of our successes can make it seem as though we're bragging or being insensitive to the struggles of those around us. But our story of Mary and Elizabeth today begs the question, how can we truly find joy in the midst of our struggles and our celebrations if we can't share those experiences with others? I pray that you find the courage to share your struggles and your celebrations with someone this Advent season, as your story might bring them joy and even make your joy complete. Amen.